such a beautiful, beautiful time in worship. Can we give a hand to everyone who participated? I just want to say, you know, I think for those of us that call Core Faith Church home, I think you're spoiled. Um, with, our, with our worship team, such talented, gifted people that just lead us into the worship um, of the great God that we serve. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you would just stand with me, I, I want to read a portion of scripture um, in the book of Luke chapter 2. And Minister Rob read this earlier, but I want to read it one more time because when we think about the Christmas story, I don't think that it can be read enough. I don't think that it can be um, over-exaggerated. I mean, you got to think for a moment what Christmas really is. It is that thought of Emmanuel, God with us. God came to the earth, and so that is overwhelming to consider. But the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this, and it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place with Quirinius, who was uh, governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was... That while they were there, day, that, that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in that same country, and hear this how this how this plays out. There were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heavens that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. And verse 21 is our last verse we'll read. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Lord, we thank you today for your great love. We thank you today for your great mercy. And we pray that we would be as all of these people were, 
in all of you that as we think about the birth of Christ, that we would be in awe of you, Lord. Thank you so much for this privilege to celebrate such a wonderful thing, God. Be glorified in the next few moments. Remove distractions from our minds. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And so I will be brief um, this evening. It's um, Christmas Eve. I know that um, we're excited. We've been able to sing songs. We're, we're finishing our Advent series as we have begun. This is our second Christmas Eve service. And um, up until this time, we've celebrated these candles, right? We have, we've walked through what each of these candles symbolize, candles symbolize. And the first one that we talked about was hope. And what we have celebrated in the hope is that we are able to celebrate the hope the birth of Christ brings to us. When we look at Jesus' birth, it is a symbol of hope for us because the promises that God made have come to pass. This baby that came to this earth as we see here. And I, and I want you to pay attention really closely because when you look at the book of Luke, remember who Luke is, right? He is a Gentile, so he is one of us. For those of us that are not Jewish in the room, if you're Jewish, then, you know, then you're not one of us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, but the reality is, right, he was not a Jewish guy, right? He was a, he was a doctor who was doing research, and he did research. He was a historian, and he looked at all of these things, and he, and he got these eyewitness accounts. And notice what we are given here in this portion of Scripture is we are given an eyewitness account of actually what happened and what transpired the night that Christ was born. We're, we're, we're receiving an eyewitness testimony, a testimony of, some, of somebody who was there, of not just one person or two people, but a few people who were present and are telling us about what occurs. And so that is the reason why we can have hope when we look at the birth of Christ. The next thing that we celebrated was the candle that symbolized peace. And we know that because of the birth of Christ, we can have peace with God because Jesus came to do what? Not to just be a cute baby in a manger. Hello, somebody. Not to just come and be celebrated on one time of the year and, and us to think about the bit. Jesus is no longer in the manger, right? He grew up, lived a perfect life, died, right, in our place, rose again. I mean, these are things that are, that, are, that are factual. These are things that can be proven. These are things that you can study, you can look for. You can look at the accounts to find out the, the historicity of what we're talking about here. But the reality is we can have peace with God simply because God wants peace with us. Get that. It is because he wants peace with you, not because you want peace with him. He wants peace with you. Therefore, he sends his son to bring us peace. We lit the candle of joy, and we know that we can have joy. We can have, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. There is great joy. The same way that you see the angels who are there saying glory to God in the highest. There's rejoicing. The shepherds who rejoiced because they saw what the angels said. I mean, that was huge for them. These angels appeared to them. They were afraid. The angels said, fear not. And then they go and they say, let's go and check out and see if what we saw was a crazy hallucination, right? Or was this real? And they went and they found everything exactly the way that the angel said to them. And then we know last Sunday, this Sunday that passed, we lit the candle that is of love. And we know all of this has culminated in what? In the love of Christ. Minister Lewis, when he preached, he, said, he shared with us, he said, you cannot have hope, you cannot have peace, you cannot have joy if you do not have love. 
The joy, the peace, the hope that we have is because of the love of God that was shown to us. Advent, right? And, and, and we changed it, right? It's Advent is this time of year, not just Christmas, right? Christmas is a commercialization of what we know this season is supposed to be about. It's not just about gifts. And listen, if you tune me out, I want you to get this one thing. This is my challenge to you is don't let this Christmas be about the gifts. Let it be about the gift. Let it be about the gift, which is Jesus Christ, the gift that brings joy, that brings peace. Because you know what? Our kids' ministry have been sharing with us the things that we get for Christmas will not last as long as the things we get from Christmas. The things we get from Christmas are love, joy, peace, those things that are durable, those things that last, those things that outlast everything else. That is what this Advent season is supposed to be about. Advent is what is the time of year that we celebrate the arrival of Christ who already came, and the coming of the Christ that is going to come. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. We stand in between, think about this, in between two realities. Where we stand today is we look backwards and we say, wow, this Savior came. He fulfilled every promise that he was supposed to fulfill. He did everything. He said, all of that is done. So that is one reality. But we are looking forward to another reality, to the return of Christ, the return of this Savior. And so we stand here in a place of anticipation, do we not? We stand here in a place that we are waiting for the trumpet to sound, that last trumpet to sound. We are waiting to see the culmination and the fulfillment. And you know why we wait with expectation? You know why we wait with hope? You know why we wait with joy? You know why we wait with peace? You know why we wait with love? Because we know he did it once, he'll do it again. We know he brought to pass what he said he was going to do. Therefore, we can rest assured that he will bring it to pass again. That is for sure. And so today, here's the thing I want you to think about. Think about this. Because Jesus gives us life and he is our light, we must be vessels of life and light in this world. Because Jesus gives us life and he is our light, we must be vessels of life and light in this world. Tonight we celebrate the life that Jesus brings and the light that Jesus is. I, I love Sister Sarah in the spoken words. She shared that she was lost one day. How many of y'all were lost one day? Was anybody lost? I know I was lost. I was lost without direction and Jesus came into my life. He turned the lights on. Hello, somebody. And he brought me life, so now I am able to experience life, but not just experience it, but express it. I don't just know the life of God, but I know the life. I know the light of God. I've experienced him. So now I'm able to share and be that light in this world. Just one more thing here. In one night, thousands of years of prophetic words were fulfilled. Think about that. In one night, thousands of years, thousands of years ago, in, in, in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, God makes a promise, lets him know, hey, there's a seed that's going to come from the woman. And guess what? That seed was born. That seed was born. And that's what we celebrate tonight is the seed that was born. The world would never be the same because what? The Savior was born. Think about this thousands of years ago. And here we are tonight doing what? Celebrating, singing, 
thinking about, looking at poems, thinking about what? What Jesus did. The world has never been the same because what? Because Emmanuel, God with us. And so three things I want to point out to you really quickly when we look at the birth of Christ. When we look at this, what do we see? The first thing is we celebrate. And I love, listen, I love looking at the birth of Christ. Because when we look at the birth of Christ, what we realize is this, is that we celebrate God's unrivaled strength. We celebrate God's unrivaled strength. I mean, think about this, right? I don't, I don't know, I, I, Minister Rob, when he was up here, he said, yo, thinking about how God came to this earth, right? Like he came to this earth so humble and lowly and the way that he came was, was so different. Rob's like, I would have came up in here with a boom box, you know? He was, you know, he was going way back in the days, you know? <laughs> I could see his afro, right? I could see it. I, I just, I saw when he said that, I was like, I could see him. He'll come down like that. And then he had that bling on, so I'm like, I know how he would have came, right? Like, I'm the king, y'all, you know? <laughs> But Jesus comes how? How does Jesus come? Jesus comes to this earth humbly. In the most humble of circumstances, anybody who has a little baby, anybody who's held a little child in there, I mean, think about this. I don't know about you, but I get a little nervous around like newborns, right? Because I feel like I could potentially break them. I'm just saying, like, right? And, 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 and when you hold this baby, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's just, you know, anyway, so... Because it's so fragile. Think about this. A baby left to their own could do what? Nothing. A baby left to their own would die. The most vulnerable of positions to come and to prove himself one more time. He came as a child. He came as a baby in a manger. To show you, hey, I have unrivaled strength. That's the reason why we have joy. That's the reason why we have peace. That's the reason why we have hope. Because God comes to this earth. He shows us his unrivaled strength to fulfill his promise of redemption. He did it in the form of a baby. The second thing that I will say is this, is we celebrate God's greatest gift. The first thing is we celebrate God's unrivaled strength. The second thing is we celebrate God's greatest gift. Now listen, I have two children, and I know what it's like to hold them in my arms and not break them. Praise the Lord. And I can assure you of this, I wouldn't give one of my children for anyone, no matter how much I love you. I wouldn't put them in a vulnerable situation, no matter how much I love you. To serve and protect is what my wife would say. That is the reality of where I am as a parent. And I want you to think about that. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. Michael Dill reminded us of John 3.16 on Sunday, did he not? In such a powerful way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son to us. So the way we could what? So the way we could have life. If we believe in him, we would have everlasting life. He gives us this. And so tonight what we celebrate is God's greatest gift. As we look at this baby in the manger, as we consider the picture of that, God shows us his greatest gift. He demonstrates his great love for us in doing what? Giving the unthinkable to accomplish the impossible. I wouldn't give my baby up. I guarantee you no one else in this room is going to give their baby up, but God does. 
He does the unthinkable in order to accomplish the impossible to save us. Not only his birth, but his life. We know that Christianity is not just about the birth of a baby. It's about the perfect life of that, of that, that baby that grew up. It's about that sinless sacrifice that was made on our behalf. And so what does God do? God offers us, he earns our salvation. He does for us what is impossible. When I say that he gives the unthinkable to accomplish the impossible, friends, hear me. I don't know everybody in this room personally. I don't know where you stand with God, but here is what I know, is that no matter how good you are, no matter how good you may try to be, no matter how many good things you may try to do, you can never appease God. You can never be holy enough to save yourself. You could never do enough good things to outweigh the bad that you've done. And I don't care if you've been as bad as the baddest person you know, or you think you ain't been that bad. Listen to me. If you are standing in the presence of a holy God, you are terribly bad and nothing that you or I can do can ever save us nothing we could do could ever deliver us but what does God do he sends his son to die for us to not just earn our salvation but friends to offer us salvation to offer salvation to give us the opportunity to reach out and receive the forgiveness that only comes through this savior Jesus Christ and so tonight if you haven't done that today's a great opportunity for you to do that Today is a great opportunity for you to trust this Jesus and think about, man, he promised thousands of years ago that he would come. He came in the form of a baby. He lived a perfect life, died a sinless death, rose again triumphantly, and he says, I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. That's what he says. The third thing, we celebrate God's sovereign reign. As you and I look at the baby in the manger, God's love is revealed, is it not? His love is shown to us. God's strength is undeniable. Some children don't make it past a couple days. Some children don't make it past a couple of months. Some of you that pay attention to Christian happenings, a two-year-old little girl just the other day, they were praying for her, for God to resurrect her and raise her up, and God decided to answer no, and so she just died, and now she is with the Lord rejoicing, but she didn't make it. She didn't make it to adulthood, but God came, came through, made sure he showed his strength. And oh, were there times, you read your Bible, go through the book of Matthew. Look at how Matthew records the story. Look at, look at how people, all of the firstborn were being killed. All of these things were happening. Massacre was happening, and God preserved his son. God's power is undeniable. And that shows us that God's reign and his rule must be responded to. If God is sovereign, if God reigns, if God rules, if God did everything. See, for me, when I think about Christmas Eve, it's about this. It is about responding to the Lord. It's about responding to him, to worshiping him, to honoring him, to praising him, or surrendering to him if you haven't done that yet. See, there's one, there's one call that came through way back through, the, through John the Baptist, and it was this, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Those words echo, hear me, they echo from John the Baptist to Jesus himself, to the apostles afterward, and to any preacher up until the present day, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king the king came. The king is on a throne. And so my question is one more time. For anyone in this place that does not know Christ, today is the day. Why? Because we have to respond to his king. See, when you think about him being the king, we celebrate him as sovereign king. You know what that means? That means we bow to him. 
See, in the United States of America, we don't know about monarchy. We don't know what it is to bow down to a king. We're too, you know, democratic republic. We vote for everything. We can't, you know, all that kind of stuff. It ain't like that in the kingdom of God. There is one king. You know what we do? We bow to him. That's what we do. We bow to him. He is king. We are not. We, we, we don't get voting rights in the kingdom. Are you here? It's not like that. You don't have a, you, 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 listen, you can do, you can do whatever you want. The bottom line is he is the king. You can throw a tantrum. You can throw a fit. You can do whatever. It doesn't matter. He's the king. What the king says goes. We are his subjects. You know what's beautiful? Here's what's beautiful is that men have shown that when men have power, right, it, it, it corrupts, does it not? You know, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. But with our king, not so. Because our king is a benevolent king. He's a gracious king. When Jesus comes to this earth, what does he do? He comes humbly into this earth. And he comes, he grows, he rises. He wants to do what? He doesn't want to show people how powerful he is. He wants to raise people up with him. He wants to bring people into a relationship with him. And so that is the king that we bow to. And so here's my thing. I'm wrapping up with this. If we have not, if you have not, you must change your mind. That's what repentance is. Change your mind. Turn from where you are tonight as we think about what happened a couple thousand years ago when this baby came in the form of a man in this manger. When this happened, when you think about that, you must change your mind about that. Thinking about that he is the king. He reigns. And surrender your heart to him. And I said this earlier when I said to think about this. This was that big idea. Because Jesus gives us life and he is our light. We must be vessels of life and light. And so that is what we have to do. We have to be committed, church, to living our lives in light of his word. God's word brings light to our lives. It shows us who we are. It shows us who God is. Not only do we need to live in light of his word, but we need to live a life that brings him glory. Let's all bow our heads. Let's pray together. Lord, tonight we humble our hearts before you, thanking you so much for your great great love thanking you so much for your great mercy we thank you Lord because tonight we get to celebrate you we are reminded of who you are I pray for everyone in this place Lord I pray if there's anybody in this place that does not know you I pray that tonight they would call upon you. I pray that tonight that they would receive that great gift of love that you offer them. I pray that tonight that they would bow their hearts to you. Lord, and I pray that you would strengthen the faith of my brothers and my sisters that are in this place today. Father, some of us in this place are suffering. Some of us, this is the most difficult time of the year. Lord, depression and all of these other things rise up. But Lord, may we either experience the light, the life that comes from you, or may we be it to someone else that needs it. Lord, we thank you so much for this privilege, for this opportunity to be here tonight. We give you praise and we ask you all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Okay, so you can be seated. Um, uh, stay seated. You are seated. But you can